So who's the pro for your lawn? If you're like me, look no further than yourself. I made my beautiful lawn from great seed, a lot of pride, and even less water than you think. And did it all with Pennington Smart Seed. You see, Smart Seed is a premium seed bred to be drought resistant. So you'll use 30% less water for the entire life of your lawn. So to those who'd say the grass is greener on the other side, I politely disagree. Just look at my lawn. Pennington Smart Seed, guaranteed to grow. Reclaim your turf. Tonight is Thursday, November 9th, 2017. Tonight on YXYZ, historic wins for the LGBT community. We're going to discuss that. I'm going to discuss Kevin Spacey, Tamar Braxton files for divorce, and how soon is too soon to put up Christmas decorations. All that and more tonight on YXYZ.
Hello, everybody. Welcome to Gay XYZ. It's November 9th, 2017, and it's your host, Donovan. And Jason, how are you doing, Jason? I'm hanging in there. Oh, just hanging in there, huh? Yeah. Well, don't let go. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. Uh, tonight, we're talking about just the randomness, as usual. We're talking about uh, entertainment news, a little bit of politics, a little bit of general news, of course, and, of course, a little bit of GLDT news. So... Um, if you want to call into the show live, you can use Skype, and you can Skype us at Off Limits Show, and uh, we'd be happy to talk to you. And otherwise, you can also follow us on chat in the chat room on Spreaker.com, or of course also on the website GayXYZ.com. And uh, also remember, we are now also broadcasting uh, post show at um, iHeartRadio.com. Uh, and uh, as I said, you can listen to the show live in Spreaker as well as on. Um, the website. And also remember we're also on iTunes, so be, be, be sure to listen there as well. So um, this week has been pretty filled with a lot of um, craziness in, return in regards to GLBT news and specifically in regards to one person. And uh, just the shit has hit the fan for Kevin Spacey. What can I say? Kevin Spacey has been accused of by several men, <laughs> uh, several meaning like uh, almost 20 or something now, I think it is, mm -hmm. stating that he has actually been um, assaulting them throughout the years. And, of course, he was accused last week by Anthony Rapp of, of uh, raping or try attempted rape, actually, when he was 14 years old. Another 14-year-old came out this week saying that he tried to rape him or did rape him, rather, or something. So... Kevin Spacey now is kind of on the um, shit list in Hollywood, and he has been completely replaced from a film he was filming, which was the film "All the Money in the World" by Ridley Scott, and it was uh, it was it was about J. Paul Getty or whatever. Anyway, and so now he's been replaced by Christopher Plummer. So, do you think that I don't, I don't even know who that is? You don't know who Christopher Plummer is? No, that's like saying you don't know who Meryl Streep is. But okay, whatever. <laughs> um, well, anyway, Christopher Plummer is a very, very well-respected actor. He's an incredibly good actor. Um, does, he, does he have a British accent? Mm, yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, I think I might not. not I think he might have been. A usually when he's playing a role, he doesn't, but, you know, I think in real life, I think he's British, I think. Okay, because I think he was on Watch <laughs> What Happens Live once, if I remember correctly. I think. So, anyway, go Well, ahead. anyway, I was just saying, what do you think about the fact that um, – they're replacing him in this movie. And not only did they replace him in this movie, but they had filmed the entire movie and it was ready to come out in five weeks. And Oh, so they had already edited and Yes. Like, it was it, in the okay. can, ready to go. And they the the things that he has been accused of doing are so egregious that they felt that it would be pointless to have him star in the film because it would tank and no one go see it because he's in it. So they replaced him with um, with Christopher Plummer, and uh, and they're still going to release it on the same date. So Christopher Plummer is going back and refilming and shooting everything that he filmed, all the scenes he filmed. As he's going to do all this within five weeks. Yes, yes, that's the kind he's of gonna be professional he's gonna be he is. Working around the clock. Yeah, they're going to be pulling a lot of serious all-nighters in the editing room as well as the actors themselves. Yes, um, but yeah, they're going to do it. So they're still it's by TriStar Pictures. And it says there are over 800 other actors, writers, artists, craftspeople, and crew who worked tirelessly 
and ethically on this film, some for years, including one of the cinema's most master directors. It would be a gross injustice to punish all of them for the wrongdoings of one supporting actor in the film. So he's a supporting actor, actually, not the main character. So that's probably why it's easy to do that. But anyway, yeah, so yeah, so that's pretty that's pretty telling that they are like, no. And um, you know, the funny thing is though, you said the other day, you said to me, I didn't even know Kevin Spacey was gay. Isn't that what you said or whatever? Correct. Okay. Well, of course I know everything, so of course I knew he was gay, Rick. <laughs> but I always knew he was gay from years and years ago after American Beauty and his speech and the Oscars and stuff. He, he basically came out without coming out then. And but, but you know what? I don't mean to cut you off, but I was just telling my friend when all this came out. I was like, you know what? When he did that scene with American Beauty and kissed that other guy, um, yeah. I was like, he did. Th- I said he did that scene a little too well. I said now it's all making sense. He didn't, he didn't even just he he was he he was the one kissed. He wasn't even really kissing the guy, but whatever. Well, you, you know what I mean. Well, anyway, but yeah, he but it's always been one of those open secrets in Hollywood that Kevin Spacey was gay. Um, but because I've been so there's a show that I watch which is called Difficult People, and it's on uh, Hulu. I've watched it for like I think three seasons now. Maybe it's only been two. I think it's been three. Uh, anyway, and it stars Billy Eichner and uh, Julie Krasner, and I, I like the show. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's it's funny to me. It's kind of a kind of a dark comedy show. Anyway, there's this little short montage of all of the, uh, all of the difficult people. The show's references to Kevin Spacey being gay. I just want to play a little bit because it's so funny. Listen, he's a participator. Yes. A participator. I had no idea. The second Bridget asked for a volunteer to come up on stage, his hand shot up faster than Kevin Spacey's fly at the opening of Newsies. Right. Um, what do kids hate? Jazz. Uh, the dentist. Uh, Homework. Kevin uh, Spacey. And yes, many gay lives were spared in the process. I don't know how many, you know. Well, we'd have to ask Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Sure. Yeah. Well, this is Choking Chucky. Choking Chucky by day, maybe. Kevin Spacey's pool boy by night. <laughs> so anyway, there's like several of them. They really, they got on top of those Kevin Spacey jokes pretty quick. Oh, well, they were, no, 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 no. This is over the past two years. Oh. Yeah, this is, and that's just a few. There's like two or three more minutes of that. But there's like, and the point is, the show was really ahead of the curve because they've always been talking about how gay he is without saying he's gay, you know, right out. Um, and kind of how he's like. That is hilarious. Yeah, and how he likes young boys and all this kind of stuff. Because it's, like I said, it was an open secret in Hollywood. But anyway, so, um, yeah. So anyway, I think, I think, look, if Kevin Spacey's done these things, which I believe he has, and I believe he has major issues with, um, you know, with his sexuality and, and, and with his sexual deviancy or whatever. Uh, obviously, I th- if these things are true, he's a pedophile. And. But what I read was his brother, did you read this? His brother had said that when they were kids, his father molested both of them and made them have sex with him and give them oral sex and, like, anal sex and everything. And even he raped them sometimes, too, when against their will and stuff. You know, was really always against their will because they're kids, but you know what I mean. Anyway, so, but he said that um, he would try really hard to um, take the brunt of it so Kevin wouldn't have to experience it. But eventually he started doing the same thing to his, 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 to his brother, Kevin. And um, he said that Kevin, basically, by the time he was an adult, was just kind of cold and didn't have a soul. And so the fact that he is doing this, it doesn't surprise him. So my point is, is that I think Kevin Spacey is a victim, but I also think he's a predator. I think that sometimes when people, right. you know, when people are victims, um, they either go one way or the other. They either go the way of their aggressor or the person that abused them, or they go the other way and they try to rail against it. 
and he went he unfortunately went the way of his father and and he's repeating the same behavior in his own sex sex life uh against children so i think it's sad because i think i mean i say this to people they're like why can't you be how can you be sad for saying you know feel bad for him or whatever and and what i mean is i think if you think back to it he was a 14 year old 12 year old 10 year old 11 you know whatever your kid i think he's really young 10 years old or seven or something when it started um he was a victim and I'm not saying he's a victim now, but I'm saying he was a victim of what happened to him, and this is the result of it. It's just mentally a lot. A lot I mean, when they do that stuff, they're mentally in that time frame of when it happened to them. Exactly. So, I mean, exactly. You know what? We where is Yala Van Zant? <laughs> Kevin Spacey needs to be on the Yala's. Oh, my life. well, Kevin Spacey, and this is what irritates me so much about this. Kevin Spacey's now checked himself into sex rehab. Um, in Arizona. What is, that, what is that supposed to do? Well, I'm going to tell you. I just want to talk really about work. this because, look, he's checked himself into a luxury $36,000 a month sex rehab center in Arizona and for treatment for his alleged sexual misconduct. Now, I always irritates me when an actor or actress or celebrity of some sort does this because it's obviously it's a PR move. Harry, Wein- what's his name? Harvey Weinstein, you know, from Miramax, what is his, the guy who was accused of all these people and whatever. Right. Um, he did exactly the same thing. And this is a PR thing. You do this because, oh, people will forgive you if you have an illness or you have a disease or you're a sex addict or whatever the problem is or, you know, you're abused, whatever. And, and it's, just a, it's just a ploy. And so to me, I don't think that he really is going. I mean, I think he's going there just to try to save face. He's not going there because he really wants to get help. Um, he doesn't have much of a choice. And so I think that is kind of crappy because this isn't going to solve anything and it's not going to repair him in a few weeks in the desert for $36,000 you know, a week or whatever it is. So anyway, I think um, I think Kevin Space is kind of gross. I don't, I don't mean the way he looks. I mean the way he just is, he's like kind of like skeevy, you know. Right. And I think this is just another skeevy move by him. What do you think about him going to rehab and all that? It, like you said, it's a PR stunt. Right. I mean, they're, tr- they're trying to gain, I guess, uh, some sympathy from the public, I guess. But Right. It doesn't give me any sympathy. And, and, and it makes the thing mad. is, the stupid part about it, people are going to fall for it and be like, oh, he checks out the sex rehab. You know, he's really trying to work on this. And I'm right. like, child, don't buy, don't no, don't be so quick with that. That's a PR stunt. <laughs> do you but speaking th- of... Oh, go ahead. Before, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to we'll say, on, before we go on, do you think that sex... Um, it's kind of on a tangent off of this, but do you think sex addiction is a real thing, or do you think sex addiction is a fake thing? I think it's a real thing. I do, too. I think it's a real thing. I think just like anything else, you can get addicted to the, the, the high of sex. Because, you know, whenever you have sex, it releases dopamine and all the right. same things that you get from a high from, from drugs and other things. So right. I, I agree. Okay, go ahead. No, speaking of that, uh, there was an article that popped up on my phone earlier today about comedian Louis C.K. He's in the media for, I think, five women came forward and said that he sexually harassed them or something something either uh, touched them inappropriately or um, something of that nature. And then they said at one point he uh, masturbated in front of a few of the women. I don't know. it's it's been popping up all over my phone all day, but supposedly he's in the media too. So yeah, I I read I didn't read I just read the headline, but I read that that he was accused by some women of um the actually what I read specifically the line I read was that he was accused by these two uh, other female comedians at one point masturbating in front of them behind stage, right. 
Uh, yeah, and I was like, wow. So I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's. <laughs> it seems like November is the October. November is just a month where people just come it out the woods. It is, and you know that's what uh, a friend of mine. Don't do it on my birthday month. Shit. Oh yeah, we'll we talk about that in a second too. I forgot about that. Um, but I was gonna say a friend of mine said earlier that um, it's like. He's like, he's not sure if people are just coming out because other people are coming out or because, you know, they're just really upset. I was like, I think they're doing it all intentionally because they ha- now have they're emp- emboldened and empowered to actually come out and tell their stories because people right. have been in the, the closet about it for so long. And now they're, they're, they're saying it's okay. They're coming out. But here's my thing. I'm not saying what these accusers did was right by any means. Let me get that out there. But I always wanted to know, why does it take a person so long I'm not, not, I'm not talking about everyday average people. I'm talking about people in Hollywood. Why does it take them so long to come out with this type of stuff? I mean, they hold this stuff for years. And I know they have to wait until they're comfortable and ready and that type of thing. But well, a lot of these people, by the time they come out and say what they need to say, I mean, the statute of limitation is up, so they legally can't do anything. It's like Well... They're trying to change that in some states. The statute of limitations trying to change it to an unlimited sta- stance instead of having it like for four years or five years. But um, I don't think it matters that they're celebrities. It just they're human beings, just like anybody else. What difference does it make that they take them so long? Just like it would take a normal person who's not a celebrity. Well, because I also feel like they're focused on their careers, and if they say stuff that may hurt their career. Oh, that's that true. Thing, so. I mean, that's true. I'm sure that plays into it as well. I mean, that like you're right. That wouldn't play into a regular average person's, you know, consideration. But I think it may to an extent if the r- average person is a I don't know, CEO or uh, I don't know, uh, a model or something. I don't know, whatever they do. I'm not a celebrity, but it's something, whatever they do, architect, whatever. <laughs> and people, they're well-known or something. They still didn't want to come out for the same reasons that a celebrity wouldn't want to come out. But um, I think it's sad but that people have to wait so long. But I think it's a hard thing. I think, you know, a lot of times the victims blame themselves and they think that they are to blame for what happened to them. And I've always said, and any psychiatrist or psychologist would say the th- same thing, and anybody who's been through it, I would say, would, would as well that it's never the child's the child's fault and it's never the victim's fault if you're an adult and you're being masturbated in front of or if you're being touched inappropriately or whatever it doesn't matter what you're wearing or what you said even unless you said to do it that you specifically wanted it done to you i mean there's nothing that you can do or say that that it makes that okay that unless you're intentionally inviting it like literally saying you know touch me or jack off in front of me or or touch my balls or whatever, <laughs> then then um, then it's not it's not okay. So it's never. So I think a lot of times victims blame themselves, and that's why it takes them so long to come forward because they think that somehow they are, they're complicit or they had a role in in what happened. Especially women who say, you know, men a lot of times misogynist men will say they dress too provocatively or they shouldn't wear this or dress like that if they don't want the attention and that kind of stuff. Well, you know, we're allowed to dress however we want, men, women, whomever. And it's no one else's place to say that how we dress is, is giving you such a fucking hard on you can't control yourself. I mean, come on. Um, that's just stupid. So anyway, I think it's I think that's why. But anyway. Anything else on this you want to talk about? Or is that it? No. Okay. Um, well let's talk about um there's oh yeah, I want to talk about this. Yes. Okay, so in politics this this week. Don't forget we didn't talk about your birthday too, I forgot. Uh, let's talk about that first. We'll talk about politics. Let's talk about your birthday. So your birthday was this weekend. Uh, it was uh, this past weekend, yes. And what, um, did, it what was, did you it do? Was Saturday. I saw you were whooping it up somewhere downtown. I can't remember where it was. Um, okay. 
So uh, my birthday was this past Saturday. Right. Um, however, I did. I went out with friends to eat Friday night at Ida Claire in Addison, Oh, yes. Uh, before you continue, what's so funny, Jason, is that me and my friends were, and my husband, and we're, we were going out to dinner on Friday night. And we're like, was it Friday or Saturday? I guess it's Friday. And we're like, where do we want to go? Where do, where do we want to go to eat? And we decided we were going to go. It's like Ida Claire. We passed by it it's almost the same time you were there and decided instead to go. Where the fuck did we go? Oh, Macero. We went to Macero instead. You know, it was Saturday, wasn't it? Wasn't Friday? What's Macero? I've never even heard of that. Oh my god, I gotta tell you about Macero. Um, you've never I thought it was on Saturday. No, I went Friday night. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we had gone to Ida Claire, which was amazing. It was our first time there, my first time eating it, but it was everyone's first time there. Uh-huh. The food was amazing. What did you get? I've been there a couple times. Um, I got the shrimp and grits. I don't like grits, but um, I heard they were good, though. Mm-hmm. They are good. They are amazing. And the thing is, like, me and my friends, we all order something different so we can kind of eat off each other's yeah. plate. Because <laughs> that's how you do it when you're at a place that's new. Yeah. So, um, uh, Fabian, my friend Fabian ordered the Nashville hot fried chicken or something like that. Mm, that's so good. That's my favorite. Yes. And uh, It's on the bone, Amber, right? That one? Yeah, and then Amber ordered... Did she order? Um, I can't remember. She ordered something. I can't remember what it was, but it was good. And then I had the shrimp and grits, and so we all kind of like. They have really like good this. drinks there too, by the way. You should have gotten a drink. They do, and they're strong yes. too. Oh my god, <laughs> I had one that was super strong. Yes, they're really good. I think I've had almost uh, all their drinks. They're they're really good. Um, but it was good. I had a good thing. And then we got a slice of the chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Okay, now here's the thing about the chocolate cake. I love cake. I'm a foodie. Me too. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Me too. And they had this like this four or five layer chocolate cake, and it looked amazing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they had it sprinkled in the icing. They had, Well, it wasn't in the icing. They kind of like sprinkled on top of the icing, on top of the cake, whatever. It was like candied bacon. Yes. Yes. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this. I like, I, I like chocolate. I like cake, and I like bacon. bacon. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna try this. This should, this should taste uh, perfect. Yeah. Th- thank God it was just on the top. You, you didn't like kinda, it? I love it. It's so good. It it it, it had a sweet and salty taste yes. to it. It wasn't the taste that I wanted. Yeah, I like. And it. I was just like, I, I mean, the bacon tastes good by itself. Mm-hmm. Because it came with like a piece of like a pe- like a bacon strip sticking out of the, the, the right. Cake. I remember, yeah. And I pulled the bacon off and ate it. So I was like, "This bacon tastes delicious by itself." Yeah, it's really good bacon. But, yeah. But when they mixed, when they put the sprinkles on top of the cake, I was like, "Oh, I'm not liking." It. Like we did, like we all took a bite off of it, and none of us liked the bacon mixed yeah. with the. I, I loved it. I think I think chocolate and bacon is a really unexpected. I mean, it's not unexpected because I've seen it done on cooking shows a lot. But I'm just saying it's really not something most people would think of. And I, I like the combination. I think it's good. But um, you should also go. But there. that makes sense because when I was at Sonic and I know they have a Sonic a peanut butter and bacon milkshake. Uh huh. And I've never had it. I don't want to try it. It sounds gross, but it's probably good. But it probably sounds disgusting. Um, and then I had a peanut butter and jelly milkshake, and I actually want to try that. But anyway. Well, I declare that before you continue, I declare, just FYI, if you ever go back, you should try to go back for brunch. The brunch is really, really good. I know. The, the guy was telling us about it. Yeah. He was like the brunch. And if he you like, like their... He, he said he loves everything on the menu. Yeah, I do too. It's really good. And if you like their bacon, you can get it, You can get the real thing in the morning, you know, in the brunch time. Um, but it's really fucking good. And their fried green tomatoes are really, really good. 
Um, I don't like tomatoes though, but I, they smelled good. They fried brought, green brought tomatoes? them out to a table next oh, to us. Yeah. yeah, I don't like tomatoes, but they brought the fried green tomatoes out to a table next to us, and they smelled really good. They are good. And I was like, oh, they smell good, but I don't like tomatoes. Have you ever had them fried though? No, I don't, I don't like tomatoes. Period. Have you ever had them fried? Is my question. No, because I don't like tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying, "Oh, have you ever had squid or not squid? Like I don't know, whatever something you can't stand." Calamari. I like. Ca- no, I, I, like calamari. I like calamari. Me too. <laughs> Especially when it's right. fried. But I wouldn't. But see, I wouldn't eat it if it did, if it weren't fried. I wouldn't eat squid just like sushi or anything. So that's why I was asking if maybe you right. might. No, like no, it. no. I only. Oh shit. I only do. Um, I was leaning up against something. Um, no, I only yeah, calamari has to be fried. There's only certain things that it has to be prepared a certain way when it comes right. to food. So you went to Ida Claire and then what? Oh, so we went there and you know we were just catching up because we hadn't seen each other in like oh no a good month probably. So we caught up a lot of things um, and then um, we had a few drinks and they you know uh, my friend Fabian paid for the tab so thank you for that. And uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, it was pretty much just like, you know, dinner and drinks, hang out with friends, and that was it. That's good. That's a good birthday. So, you know, but I, I realized I was talking to my mom Saturday, and I was telling her, I said, I feel like as you get older. Means it, less. It's, 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 it, it becomes more difficult to find things to do on your birthday. I don't know, Jason. I really want to recommend to you <laughs> some things. Like, I, I, my, I, you may not like this kind of stuff. I love it. I love games and board games like that. But. Um, have you ever done an escape room before? I want to do that, but I can't find anyone to do it with. We will do it with you. I've done all. Uh, the, there's two in Dallas that are the two main ones, and there's one on near us on Preston and Forest, and there's one up in North Dallas at Alpha and uh, Spring Valley, I think, and uh, or Montefiore or something. Anyway, um, uh, and uh, we've done every single room except for one at both of those, and uh, there's like eight I rooms do, at both I places. I want to do one so bad, and. Like, but all my friends have different schedules and stuff like that, and, and well, it's just kind of hard to get us together to do something. Well, next like time that. we do, well, next time we do one, if you want, we'll invite you to come do one with us. It's yes, fun. I will definitely come. I will. I want to do one. I was. Uh, they have them on, like the specials on Groupon all the time. Oh yeah, They're, so it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And the thing is, you do it, and you're like with other people you don't know. Um, we've done it twice. We just it was just us. Like cer- certain rooms, like some rooms have four, like uh, eight players. Some rooms have twelve players. Some rooms have six players. It depends on the room and the game. But um, so sometimes we've been in there depending on what time we go. Just a group of like four or five of us by ourselves. And then other times we've been like four of us, and then it's like four other people in the room with us. So some sometimes you get people that you would not normally associate with, but and you have to work together to solve this room to get out because it takes that many people to solve it because it's harder the more people there are. Um, but it's so much fucking fun, um, and I love it. So anyway, that was just a suggestion. Next time you have a birthday, you might want to try something. I want to like do that because I was reading online that they ha- that one of them around here had like um, you remember the movie Saw? Yes. They had like a Saw. I haven't been to that one. I've been to all room. of them, I think. And I actually want to try that. Oh why? I, I mean, the only difference is we don't really die if we don't make it out in six minutes. I don't minutes, think it. Oh, six <laughs> minutes? Is that what it is? Six minutes? No, sixty minutes. Oh, <laughs> it was like six minutes. <laughs> no, it, it depends. Like if you ever watch the real Saw movie, sometimes the the, the the time varies. But I think the most I've ever seen in one of the movies that Jigsaw gave someone sixty minutes to get out or something. Oh, like I that. see, I see, I see. No, that's and, that's cool. I haven't um, heard of that one. Yeah, but I was like, I want to do that, but no, like I said, the only difference between you know the movie and this is that if we don't make it out in sixty minutes, we don't actually die. Right. 
oh, we don't have a razor yes. that cut our heads off or something, <laughs> you know, so. Well, and uh, before we move on, I want to tell you about... But you have to work as a team, so I, yes, I really like Yes, you that. do. Uh, I want to tell you about Masero real quick. Masero is my favorite Mexican restaurant, and it's really, it's kind of elevated Mexican food. It's not just, like, slop you get at, like, El Phoenix or Taco It's like Bell. Fernando's in Uptown. I don't know. I've never been to Fernando's. Is it good? No. Oh. Yeah, I, I oh. like it. Well, Macero is fucking amazing. And there's one, um, the first one I ever went to was a year ago. And I took my best friend there for his birthday because he loves Mexican food a year ago. And um, it's in uh, Preston, or Inwood Village. I don't know if you're in Inwood Village is, but Inwood Village. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, that's uh, like Lovers and in Inwood, right? Yes. And now there's also one open. Like I said, the one we went to this week was the one on um, Beltline over by, um, you know, AMC Village Parkway over there. Yeah. Across from there. So, um, anyway, it's fucking amazing, amazing food. And by the way, if you ever do go there and you get a margarita, understand that you will be on your ass by the time you leave. Because they make their margaritas with, like, 120 proof or something, mar- uh, tequila. So you would need, like, one? Okay, what happened is two things happened. The first time, we've been there, like, five times or six times the past year, or maybe seven. <laughs> um, but... The last time my friend Kathy and I went, and with my with my husband and and, and my best friend, our best friend, uh, we went. We, she and I both got margaritas, and usually we can each have two margaritas, and we're fine. We each had two margaritas, and we literally, when we got home, could not walk. We were slurring our speech, and we both fell out of sleep. Wait, I gotta put this to my phone because I've had a margarita like that since. Like but wait, wait, wait! wait. We're like, what the fuck? And so the next day, she because we went out the next day too. It was on the Friday the next night, and we all went out and did stuff again. And she's like. She's like, I was like, were you okay last night? She's like, no, I could barely walk when I got home. And I just fell on the bed and I just fell out. So that's what happened to me. And we're like, what the fuck was in those drinks? Because we never, ever had tequila that strong. Anyway, we found out it was Hedero or Herduro or something like that, tequila. And it's 120% pr- proof tequila, which is equivalent. So one glass is equivalent to like four drinks, basically. Oh, yeah. I know how, trust me, listen, <laughs> I know how that is. I remember I went to this place. Um, in Frisco called Mashed. Yeah. And they serve moonshine. Oh, I've never had moonshine. Oh, my God. And it, it was delicious, but when I tell you... Okay, <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm going to tell you about the moonshine thing. Before okay. We so, I went to, uh, me and my friend Amber, um, or Amber and I, I should rather say, went to this uh, restaurant in Frisco called Mashed. M-A-S-H apostrophe D. Yes. Okay. She had been there before. I'd never been there before. She's like, oh, well, they serve moonshine. You can get, like, moonshine samples, or you can get, like, an actual moonshine beverage, right? And they use moonshine. It's pretty strong. So they have, like, they start at 40 proof, and they go all the way up to, like, 120 proof, right? Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, I'll get the sample. I think the sample was maybe, like, $12, and it came with, like, four different shots. And it came with different flavors. You choose your flavors, and each flavor had, a, you know, a certain amount of, you know, proof or whatever. So, you know, and it goes in order. I started with like a 40 proof and then a 60 and then an 80 and then a 120. So over the course of maybe like two hours, I did um, like four shots, okay? That varied from 40 proof to 120 proof, okay? Yeah. And then like I drove there and I was like, so, I, but I had some food to eat with it too. So I didn't, I guess I didn't feel it right away. So I was out and then when we left, I was still driving and I didn't feel anything from the moonshine. I was like. I like. I thought I would be like wasted right now. I'm like, I don't feel anything. I was perfectly alert. I was driving home, and she was in the car with me. And I mean, just like broad open daylight. Donovan, I got home. 
<laughs> I took my dog out because he took, uh, this was last year. So I took my dog out and I was like, oh, let me help him take him out before Housewives of Atlanta come on. I do remember that. <laughs> I was like, I said, Housewives of Atlanta start in 10 minutes. So let me take him out, make sure he handles his business. Then I'm going to come and watch Atlanta Housewives. I got in my bed and laid down. I did not wake up. This is like 7 o'clock in the evening. I did not wake up until 1030 the next morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> and during that time, I was dreaming that Sam Smith was singing to me in my sleep. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, I was like, Amber was like, yeah, I tried calling you a few times and you didn't answer. And I was like, yeah, I was wasted. And I, I was like, I was in the bed for like almost 16 hours straight. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I said, so the moonshine finally, as soon as I laid my ass down, that moonshine caught up with my ass. That's hilarious. I just looked it up, and the play, it looks delicious. The pictures look amazing. They are. I mean, you can get the shots, or you can get, like, you know, the thing. But, yeah, they range from 40 proof all the way up to 120. Well, I just made a reservation for four on Saturday, so I'm going to take my <laughs> friends there because it sounds like fun. <laughs> I'm gonna warn you. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna, you may not feel it at first, but it's gonna catch up. Well, it's a, it's a new experience. I've never had moonshine, so it should be fun. I can try it out. See what. Yeah, that was my first time. It was fun, but yeah, I had a dream that Sam Smith was singing to me in my sleep. Oh, that's not a bad dream. I like. I love. And, Sam I Smith. and then, and then in my dream, I remember saying that we were gonna get married. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sam Smith, by the way. I think he's fantastic. I love him. Um. Anyway, okay. Well, uh, that's. Yeah, funny. I remember telling my friend, I was like. I was like, Sam Smith was singing to me, and I remember whispering in my dream. I was like, you know what? Now I don't have any choice but to give him some because he's sleep because he's singing to me. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, now oh, you're obligated. Now I have to give him some. You're obligated now. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, well, I want to talk real quickly about um, what happened this week in politics because it was a very big, big week for politics in America for the progressives and for the LGBT community. Because mm -hmm. this last week, this is what happened. I've got 15 things real quick to read off to you that happened this week. This last week, and because you know, this last week was elections, you know, around right. the country, and I, I voted. I don't know if you did. You probably didn't, but I did. I did. You no, did. I'm so proud of you. Yay. Okay, good. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is what happened in the past week. The first black woman was elected the mayor of Charlotte, North Carolina, Vi Lyles. The first woman elected mayor of Manchester, New Hampshire, Joyce Craig. First trans woman elected to public office in New Hampshire, Jerry Cannon. Uh, the first trans woman of color elected to public office in Minnesota. First Sikh man elected mayor of Hoboken, New Jersey. First out lesbian elected to state legislature in Virginia. First transgender person elected to non-judicial office in California. First out lesbian elected mayor of Seattle. First Asian American woman elected to Virginia House. Record number of women elected to the Virginia legislature. The first trans woman elected to public office in Virginia and first trans person elected to statewide office, uh, defeating the co-author of an anti-trans bathroom bill and uh, four more. <coughs> Two Latino, what's this, La Latinx, or whatever that means, women, elected to Virginia House for first time. Uh, second black man ever elected to statewide office in Virginia. Democrats poised to gain control of Virginia House from Republicans who had a 66 to 34 majority. The Democrats had to have to flip 17 seats to get a 51 seat majority, and they've already flipped 15 with four of the races. So they're so close, they're going to re recount. And the last one is Democrats have taken control of the Washington State Senate and now have complete control of the West Coast from Mexico to Canada. So I think this is fucking amazing because what it shows in this this mini little election season we're having between election seasons, the national election season, it shows that 
it's kind of an indicator of where things may go in the next election when we have to vote for president in 2018. Is that right? <laughs> No, it hasn't been that long yet. Is it? Is it? What year? No, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Thank you. So, oh, twenty. Uh, no, no, no. What I was gonna say. I meant sorry. Twenty in twenty eighteen, we'll have the midterm elections though for senators and and Congress and that kind of shit. So that's what I meant. Right. So in that election, it shows that most likely they were gonna vote for people uh, who are not Trump supporters or Republican. That's right. fucking amazing. So I hope to God that this is an indicator of things to come because if we have to live with four more years of him after the twenty twenty, I swear to God. I, that's I listen, that's even if he lasts until 2020. I was about I to really say that, yes. I was about to say that, too. I, I, I think he may, I hope, he'll either resign, which is unlikely because of his ego, or be indicted on something and hope to God he's indicted. So, anyway. Anyway, so that's good news for uh, GLBT people and for those of us who are not assholes. So. Yay, congrats. Um, yes. I don't know how I feel about rep- gay Republicans. I don't know. Yeah, that's a different What gay Republican? Today. What are you talking about? No, I have, have some people have some gay people, gay, some gays voted for Trump. Yes, it's just it's one we've had this conversation. I can't even I know, discuss know, it because it's gonna blow my fucking I, mind. That's what I said. That's what I said. It's a different topic for a different <laughs> I just day. can't talk about it. Cause you know, I'll go off anyway. Um, I know you're you're just your your blood boils. Uh, it's already yeah. starting to boil. Just the mention of it. Anyway, um, okay, let's talk about uh, Tamar Braxton. So I'm not going to go into too much into detail. So any of you who follow Tamar Braxton, which you probably don't, because all the reason I knew is because they this shit was popping up on my phone. But I, the bitch blocked me, so I really don't care. But anyway, <laughs> uh, block me on Instagram, that is. But um, her <laughs> and her husband Vincent Herbert are filing for a divorce. <gasps> no. And yeah, they're filing for a divorce. And you know, I, I can't say that I didn't see this coming. How long have they been married? Um, they've been married for I, if, let me. I believe it's twelve years. Oh, that's a good long time. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up while I'm talking. So, uh, but yeah, they're filing for a divorce. But Tamar really hasn't had a good year. The past year or two for Tamar really hasn't been a good one. You know, for you guys that watch the real, she was on the real, um, and then sh- uh, the talk show, the real, which with with uh, Lonnie Love, Adrian. Bylon, I think you say her name, Jenny Mai, and the other girl, I can't remember her name. Anyway, she was on that show that comes on Fox. She was canned. Um, and then she came out with an album, and her album flopped. Um, and then, um, you know, she, she just really hasn't had a good past year or two, you know, as far as her career. So, right, well, um, I don't really like her anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pull up and see. I'm just like whatever. I mean, she's like not even my favorite person, so whatever. Is that it? Um, this one. Hold on. Okay. I'm trying to find it real quick. Sorry. Oh. Uh, well. Tamar Braxton is the sister of Tony Braxton, right? One Tony of her Braxton. Sisters. Right. Yeah, I don't like her. I like Tony, but I don't like Tamar. I saw her on that show when she was on it with her that reality series, and before she kind of got her. Famous whatever. Right. So um she yeah, they married in two thousand three. Oh, okay. So that's that's not so that's yeah, they've been married for a while. But yeah. you know, but but based uh, the reason I say I can't I didn't see I, I'm not surprised I didn't see this coming because I would watch um Tamar and Vince on We T V. Yeah. And the way she would talk to Vince sometimes was like 
embarrassed. <laughs> like the way she would talk to that man, I was like, you like you can't be on national television like degrading your man on national television. Like, no, that's the kind of woman she is. So it's you know that type of thing. And I was like, and he would always be cool and calm about it. She's just kind of a bitchy woman, so I don't I don't like her. And he would and he would like and he would like put her in a place, but like in a in a classy kind of way, I guess. But you know Tamar's kind of hood, you know. Well, I ain't gonna say no. She's not hood. She's ghetto. So you know, I'm just like you. You can't like, I, and I understand. Even though that is your wife, Vince, I know that it has to bother you in some sort of way with your ego or whatever the case may be. Because no one wants to be degraded on national fucking television. Because right. like the way that she would talk to this man, it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. So. You know, and I, I don't know if he, I don't know if he just finally got, you know, fed up with it, or you know, who did what. But you know, then they had rumors saying that um, he had a mistress and that type of thing. Which I what else is new? To, but Tamar, Tamar is the type of person that her voice and her, her just her antics alone. If I was Vince, it would probably drive me away to someone else too, <laughs> because. <laughs> That's just how she is. She's a high like, woman. And I, I hate it when she was on the real. She used to do that stupid baby talk. Like, it was like that, you know. So, you know, I'm going to go to Popeye's. And I'm, gonna go, I'm like, I used to hate it when she talked. I'm like, Tamar, like you when talk like that in real life. Why are you doing this? Because you, you're doing this for the cameras. You're yes, talking like that in real life. Yes, yes. So, you know, I mean, best of luck to them. You know, she wants full custody of her son, Logan, which. I think it's a bunch of BS when, you know, he's the biological father. And that's another thing. I want to bring this up, too. I had a friend that recently filed from a divorce uh, from his wife. Uh-huh. And the first thing the wife did was, like, say that she wanted full custody of their son. And I'm like, why would you do that if he's the biological father? That makes no sense to me. Now, if he's a drug addict or abusing a child or something of that nature, that's one thing. But, what I mean, are you just doing it out of spite? And pettiness, because that's the only thing I can think of. Well, probably, yeah. Because he was pissed. He was like, "Yeah, she, she's trying to get full custody of my son," and I'm like, "For what? Like that didn't make any sense to me." I don't know. People are just vindictive, especially when they're getting divorced. So it's something new. I don't know. <clears throat> so I mean, you know, good luck to them. You know, like I say, Tamar has not not had a good past year or two. So. Oh well. See what happens. Oh well. Did you hear about the? Uh, That's what happens when you mean and nasty to people and block people on Instagram. So <laughs> you know. I, I you know how we're like so completely um, addicted to technology these days, all of us. And um, I just thought this was a funny story because um, Grinder went down for two hours this morning, <coughs> apparently, according to Queerkey, and uh, people freaked the fuck out. Apparently, and like Why? there were these it's tweets. Too, like, now listen, there were these tweets, and they were saying. Is Grinder down for everyone or just me? And, and so somebody, somebody says, "Guys, Grinder is offline. Where else am I going to get faceless people to see, send me dick pics with a million question marks if I don't respond? <laughs> is anyone else's Grinder down? Oh my God, reply to me, guys. It's ASAP. I'm anxious. Potential dick could be waiting for me. Oh my God, this is a disaster. Oh my God, I can't Forbes. cope. I mean, seriously, people are like all whores. <laughs> <laughs> people are so distraught that their link to gay meaningless sex is is down that I mean, they're so what, freaking so out. You're afraid that you know you're gonna know what what that a piece of penis is gonna s- slide by within the next. You can't go two hours without looking at some dick on Grinder. <laughs> I guess because the only they post don't well the only thing they really pay, post is like 
abs and and torsos. Right. Right. That's all they post. I'm like, what you want to see that? And uh, just just the just the here's the thing. If you use grinder, you're nasty. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna flat out say it because <laughs> the type of men that are on there are nasty. Do you think they, that there is really any distinction between grinder or scruff or daddy hunt or any of that stuff? Do you think there's any distinction? The people who use them are all the same people. It's all the same people. They're all. So if you're if you're if you're disgusting and gross for using grinder, then you're disgusting and gross for using any of the other ones. It's all the I, same. But I feel like I, but I feel like grinder it takes it a step further because grinder what's well, in its name? It's in its name. Well, yeah, but grinder also has an issue with race. Grinder does. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. What happens I'll on grinder that makes you think they have an issue with race and not the other ones? Because they are, listen, listen, we've talked about this before on the show. When it comes to Grindr, I've been on Grindr in the past, and the way people talk to me I know, you've when told I'm on Grindr yeah. is ridiculous. I know. Um, But, like, when I've used other apps such as, I don't use them anymore, so I'll just fucking say it, like Scruff. Uh-huh. Didn't have that issue. I didn't get any name calling or anything of that nature or called any type of racist name on there. Um... Uh, anything like that. So it only happens with Grinder, and it's like, but even when you read some of these profiles, they sound racist. They may not try to come off as racist, right. or maybe they, could, maybe they are, white, or black know. only, or no fats, or, or no, no, no fats, no blacks, yeah. no Asians, right? Or they would say, you know, one time I said this on the show. I, I said this on the show once, several months ago, maybe a year ago, when I was using Grinder, maybe like a year, year and a half ago, or whatever. I simply said hello to a white guy. Yes. It wasn't anything. It wasn't like I was trying to get in his pants. It was like he was in close proximity, so I was just like, hi. It wasn't like, try, oh, let, let me, let's meet up and hook up or whatever. It was just a simple hello. This motherfucker replies and says, I'm not into tar babies. Yes, I know. You told me that. That's horrible. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just like. It's horrible. And I, I also feel like Griner also kind of promotes it because – there are a lot of times where they've actually had reports. And they don't do a shit about it, right? Where people have complained to, you know, sent emails and messages to Grindr saying that, oh, this particular person is using racial slurs yeah, or yeah. they're really, you know, d- demeaning a particular race or anything of the, you know, that type of thing. And Grindr does nothing about it. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, that's I've I've read that before. I've heard that before that they people. I mean, there's been actual articles about how uh, people have been called some really incredibly racist names, and I think Tar Baby's among that. Um, you know, and they have uh, reported it to the administrators. Not just on that one. There's in other sites too, and things, but and no one does anything about it and doesn't even respond to them. They said so. They don't, bl- they, but they don't. They don't block the the person no. who's making no. Comments. They don't do they anything don't about it at all. The, you can no. get back on it. They're still there. It's all about profit. That's all. So they don't care about what's right and wrong. But anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, well, um, speaking of that though, I, I, there's that kind of leads me into the next thing, and that is. There is this new uh, series called um, Dreamboat, and it's about gay cruises. Uh, it's a new documentary about, I should say, about gay cruises. And, um, you know, I've always been, I've never been really interested or intrigued about going on a gay cruise. It never has appealed me to me. Me neither. I'm glad and you said that. I've never had any kind of desire to go. Yeah. I've never had any desire to go. And th- I, always, I always, my my take on it is several things. And just from looking at the brochures and looking at the people who go and the people I've met who go, 
they're kind of people that I don't really like <laughs> in the first place. And they're generally a bunch of, and I'm saying this because it's the truth, and also the, the, uh, what I'm about to tell you is, this says this as well. But the majority are, they're most, almost all completely Caucasian men only. Uh, not only, but the majority. Well, that's, that's all they have on their brochures, man. Yes, and also, um, but this this thing was saying, this uh, documentary, this man who was saying about, uh, who wrote for Vice, said uh, that it's an incredibly exclusionary experience because it said it says quote as long as the world is how it is people will still need places where they can be themselves without fear and discrimination and this is a boat a place where they can do that or can they there's a performance he said that there's a um uh while making the film he says he quickly noticed that when confined together on a boat for an entire week the men quickly found ways to discriminate against one another for for weight or for race or for age or whatever, and um, that's nothing new. <laughs> yeah, but so it's just you're putting a bunch of gay men, three thousand gay men, in one uh, laboratory or one you know small area, and you get the same clicks and everything else. And the guy was talking about how that really just plays into the whole uh, performance of mascul- masculinity that gay men feel they have to do. Like you have to be this certain kind of you know macho dude or whatever to but be accepted. But here's the thing with that. Yeah. Here's the thing with that. When you First of all, I would never go on a gay cruise because I'm the type of person I don't want to be around gay men that long. Me either. <laughs> Not that many gay men in one place. Area where I can't escape. No, I know. <laughs> no, because I listen. I I could after about two or three hours of being around gay men, especially like a, a huge group of gay. I like okay, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. I, I need to get the hell out of here. Right. Um, but the thing is, it's like when they do these advertisements, even on t- when it comes to TV commercials or radio, or not well, not radio, but TV or either um, brochures, they always show white, athletic, muscled up right. gay men. Yes, the you, the, ra- the you rarely see someone of stereotype. color on a brochure. Mm-hmm. No, it's never and anybody they, average. No, and I mean, and they all look like models. I was like, right. okay, not ev- like this is not this is clearly not does not no. represent the gay community because. <laughs> Not every gay man. Looks well, like I a think model. it is as representative. I think it is representative of the men who go on those cruises because that's the kind of people it attracts. And I think that they actually, and even though that's what you see in brochures and stuff, I don't think you'll see people like me or you or most people we know who are gay going on those cruises because, first of all, most of us don't look like that, and secondly, it costs uh, you know some money. I think I don't know how much it costs. Actually, I don't know. Um, it's expensive, <laughs> and then third of all, we just got sh- we got better shit to do. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I mean, truth be told, I'm not gonna sit on a fucking gay cruise. What's the between going on a gay cruise and spending two thousand dollars and going to a gay bar and spending fifty bucks, if that? Right, and it so says was that was that we're on we're, I'm, I'm on the ground and not on water. That's the only fucking difference. The guy, the documentary, the documentary guy, or the guy who wrote about the documentary says the cru- describes the cruise as being a twenty four seven quest for pleasure seeking that involves crazy parties and no sleep. On what he describes as a boat of dreams and a boat of disillusionment, and partying and getting drunk and seeking love and friendship and sex. So it's nothing but uh, uh, an expensive ass southern decadence. It's a white party in more ways than one, basically. It's expensive. They, they sit there and do all types of blow right. and other drugs right. and sex, and, and they probably go yeah. around fucking each other, probably right. recording shit on their phones, right. showing their friends <laughs> when they get back <laughs> in town. Right. I mean, it's no different than the shit they do in southern decadence. So yeah, it's like it's the same thing. Why would, like I no I th- and you know a one of, a friend of mine actually wanted to go on that wanted to invite me on that and I told him hell no he's like you don't want to go no I don't want to go no. if I want to spend two thousand dollars let me go to some place that I actually would enjoy on land because because <laughs> I'm telling you exactly because I'm telling you if I were to go on this on a cruise on a g- all gay cruise being clearly where well, I don't fit the profile for the rest of them well first of all I'm black 
Yeah, and you, you I'm got, stocky. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I don't look like a model by any means. I mean, I'm not unattractive, but I ain't no damn, you know, twink either. So it's like, I feel like I would spend $2,000 and just sit in my damn room all damn, <laughs> the whole damn time. Well, it's I like, think, you know, I think that's one of the things that's interesting about this guy who's writing about this at this documentary. And I think that's one of the things it brings up and is that, you know, I think as gay men, you know, uh, we are, uh, you know, I know when I came out, I told you this, but when I came out, I expected everybody to just be. I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to be around other gay people like me, and and, and find people like myself, and 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 be accepted and for who I am, and blah blah blah. In reality, I was not accepted because I'm biracial, and because I'm, you know, and I'm thing. not, th- I'm not, I'm not the stereotype of what you're supposed to be to be accepted to being being gay. And so I was never, I was never, I never felt like I was like, oh, part of this community where people just love me because I'm part of their community. No, in the gay community, you have cliques and you have people who you fit in with and people who won't accept you because you're different. And you have people who do accept you because they like you for who you are. But you have to find your, you kind of have to find your, your tribe within the gay community. You can't just like be gay and say everybody's accepting you because you're gay. That's not how it works. And so I'm and saying, you know, I'm saying that this, I'm saying that this brings up those same kind of feelings for most people. I think. And you know, I had the same thing because when I turned 18, I remember on the night of my 18th birthday, I went to my very first gay club. Me too. Um, in Memphis, it was called Amnesia. It's not there anymore now. It's a straight club called Senses or some shit. But. Um, it was called Amnesia, and I was just like taken back by all the lights and the music. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, this was like an experience for me. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. So, and I was like, oh, this is what it's gonna be like. You know, I'm thinking that I'm just gonna be fun and have a good time, which I did have fun, have fun in, in, in a good time that particular night. But as time progressed, like sh- like shortly afterwards, maybe like for shit a month into it, I was like, well, hold on now. This ain't what I thought it was gonna be. This is not the, the way I imagined it in my head. Yeah, the reality <laughs> sets in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then you know reality sets in. I was like, oh yeah, they don't like me because I'm a person of color, or I or I'm too dark or not dark enough or I'm too skinny or not big enough or right or you know th- th- they don't like the way I wear my hair or anything like that. Right. I mean, it, it could have been it's the stupidest shit. Well, it's always gonna be the thing is though. It's just, I mean. This goes for me too. There's always some people who, people who don't like you for whatever reason. The problem is the reasons that these people don't like people is because they're shallow, superficial reasons. They're not reasons that really matter. They're like you know race or or appearance and things like that, or how much money you make or what you do or whatever. It's never about you know things that are meaningful, like you're a bad person or you're you know what I mean. It's about stuff that's stupid. So that's what makes it so uh, shallow and stupid and superficial is that they they don't they hate you based on stuff that's dumb. So. Um, you don't fit a, fit a certain stereotype, and I think that's wrong. But whatever, it is what it is. I I, don't, I, I know I know that most people who go out and go to clubs. And I, I I was already around the gay community long before I was eighteen because I was I was out when I was fourteen years right, old. Right. Right. Uh, and I was dating guys when I was fifteen years old who were in their twenties. So I was da- <laughs> I was already you know in the community before that. But when I first went out to my first gay club, though my first night I had a really good experience. Um, but as you said, after a while you begin to see kind of. The way things work and the and how people have their certain places and da da da, and I never I always railed against that shit and I was just like I wanted to be who I was and I never tried to play the game and try to fit in I just was who I was, and um 
I got left out a lot of the time because of that because I would I didn't fit people's. Like I had a best friend. He was extremely. He was like the basically the epitome of the gay guy, and we were best friends in high school and after high school. And I was not the epitome of what most gay men wanted. And um, right. he was always he was gone. Well, first of all, he was a huge slut. First of all, but uh, he was <laughs> he had like I told you before, he had three hundred partners by the time he was twenty two. Um, but Good anyway, Lord. yes, he was going out and have sex all the time. But the point is, my point is, is that I would go out and with him, and everybody would just be like fawning all over him, da da da, and no one would pay me an ounce of attention. And even if I wasn't even around him, I might get attention, and half the time it was from guys I wasn't into. But eventually, um, I began to to realize where where my place was, where I fit in in terms of the the hierarchy in the gay community. And realized what kind of guys I attracted, what kind of guys I was attracted to, and that kind of thing, and it made a difference. But I think that there's some gay guys who just fit a certain profile, and they get that kind of attention, and that's great for them, I guess. But most of us don't. And I think if you expect me to come and, and bow down to you because you fit some rigid idea of what beauty is, fuck you. So. <laughs> well, here's my thing with this. Here's my thing with the gay community. I understand. I feel like the gay community needs to fix their own issues within our community before you start wanting um, uh, the general public, I would say, to, accept to us. have any sympathy towards you. Because, you know, everyone, I understand the, the gay rights and everything like that, and you want, you know, equal rights and everything. I get that. Trust me. I swear to God, I, I get that. However, you know, how are you going to say you want equal this and equal that, but we treat each other like shit? All the time, every time, whether it's on social yep. media, apps, yep. or whatever the case may be. Well, that's the same so, problem with any community, like the black community or women's rights. Well, no, no, whatever. I mean, no, I, every community has their own issues. I get that. I have Asian friends that say, oh, yeah, we have our own issues yeah. in the Asian community. Like, every community has their own issues. Yeah, yeah. We get that. Yeah. But, you know, that type of thing. But uh, here's my thing. It, 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 it's just... I don't know where this whole clickish thing comes from and, you know, that type of thing. I don't feel like it's going to go anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, it, I mean, it, it is what it is. And speaking of gay men and clubs and, you know, cruises and shit like that. So I went, I'm telling you a, a thing about personal life. So today's Thursday. So Tuesday night, I went to this bar in Dallas called The Ten Room. Ah, you went to the ten room. <laughs> now this is my first time going ever in the. You should have asked your friend Donovan. That's been there since forever. But go ahead. So I decided to go. I went with a friend. He wanted to go, and he was like, "Oh, it's fun. It's a fun place to go." And dancers, yada, 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 go go yada, dancers. Yada. Now here's my thing. I'm not. Y'all already know how I feel about being around, about around a whole bunch of gay men in, in one room, in one setting, in one. You know, as I, you know, I can only tolerate so much. But being the friend that I am, I said, sure, I'll go. I was like, we're not going to be there long, are we? <laughs> that was my first thing. He's like, no, we're not going to be there long. So I get there. And I was like, oh, why do I feel like half these people in here are doing blow, like, right underneath my nose? No pun intended. <laughs> and it was like, I mean, it was just, it was like people coming in with, like, Backpacks, and I'm probably some of them were dancers, but it was like they were coming in and out real quick. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, they're doing fucking drug deliveries in this place. Like, it's not, it's not exactly like a upscale place. It's not like really, really low end or anything. It's just not upscale at all, and it's, it's got that kind of element to it for sure. Yeah. And I was like, and I, I just saw like people seem like they were high on something, and it yeah. was just a thing. And I, I was so uh, it, like the whole thing just threw me off, and I felt so uncomfortable. Then I had some guy that was trying to talk to me who was. 
he was high on something. I think he was high on coke. Like mm. seriously, was like, he like we talking really really fast? <laughs> yeah, he was talking real fast. He was jittery. He was like, oh, I need oh. drinky. I was like, I said, you know what? You can have fun. I'm gonna take an Uber home, and I Ubered home because <laughs> I was like, I might have been there. I was there maybe thirty minutes. You know, you need to give it. I mean, first of all, that's fine. You're entitled to you how I, you I, felt, but you need to give it more of a chance. Problem. You need to give it more of a here's, chance. Here's my thing. I think I'm. I'm a, I think I'm. A, I'm a low key gay. Uh, yeah, I was always that way too. I was never and big so on the clubs is, and stuff. And then if I do, I want to go to a high end gay bar like the Alexander's or something. I don't know, like <laughs> Alexander's. I, to, <laughs> I, I don't know, like I mean, I need to. I don't know, like I just don't like. I, I I don't know. I don't know. But it's like I just didn't feel com- well. I didn't feel comfortable there, but I think it's because it was just a new setting and everything. But then like the guys weren't talking to me, which I really didn't care about. That I wasn't there for that. I was there for. Because he wanted to go, I could care. I yeah. didn't want people talking to me anyway because I was already slightly yeah. annoyed at the time. Yeah. So you know, I was just like, uh, it, it, it was one of those. I mean, maybe I'll go again. Maybe a, you know, try again to give it a second chance. But I, it was kind of, I was kind of stagnant. Like uh, I could do with or without it. Well, I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I mean, I think you, first of all, you didn't give it much of a chance. We're only there for thirty minutes. That's the first thing. And just because you were uncomfortable, you decided to leave. And I understand what you mean, though, about being a low-key gay. I was the same way. I was never, ever a huge bar person. I went to the bars a lot when I was in my early 20s and stuff. I mean, for dancing and out with friends, whatever, socializing, fine. <clears throat> but I was always, I would always much prefer to just, like, go to a movie or dinner or whatever than to go out to a bar with a lot of people who were trying to have sex with me. But that's just me. But um, you just need to give it more of a chance. Give it more of a chance next time right. wherever you go it doesn't have to be tin room but um there are other places you can um, go i don't know i have to figure out somewhere <laughs> now one place i did go to that i did enjoy this is this is probably several months ago mm-hmm. was the grapevine bar i was about to say the grapevines are fun yes uh-huh. now, now i actually had uh fun there because people were actually like socializing and talking and that has been that there forever i mean when i was in my my i was like 23 years old it was there it just opened like two years before that, so it's been there at least since I was twenty-one. Yeah, and I and I mean the first I went with a friend, and it was both of our first times going, and we had so much fun. And they still had the patio in the back. Yeah, it still has the patio. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a fun place. It was nice. Yeah, I think they serve food there too, don't they? I think they did. I can't remember. I, I, well, I think I think it's like bar food, like you know. Fries yeah, yeah, it is. Like, I think I think know, it was. Like yeah. mm. But um, I don't I don't eat anything. I just drink it. But anyway. Well, so, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, anyway, uh, before we go, let's talk about, you said it's too soon for Christmas decorations. Okay, so here's, here's the thing, this, this may, I'm, I'm trying to get some understanding with this, but they, this may turn out to be a rant, <laughs> but he, how soon is too soon to put up Christmas decorations? I I'm going to have you answer that, and then I'm going to tell you why. I think I think I think at the day after Thanksgiving is the first day you should put up a Christmas tree. That's just thank my you, Donovan. That's my opinion. I'm so glad you said that <laughs> because you know in the past two weeks that you know with Halloween yes. being up and then all types of stuff, I have seen people with Christmas wreaths on their cars. Or now, mind you, the the majority of the stuff that I've seen was before Halloween, like a week before Halloween. Mm-hmm. People have Christmas wreaths on their car. Mm-hmm. My next door neighbor had a Christmas wreath on her door a week before Halloween. Christmas commercials are already playing on TV. I was like, why do they keep bumping this up every year? Like, I don't understand it. So then I was I was driving down Preston at Sp- and Spring Creek and Plano. And, you know, over there, there's like some uh, like a shopping stores and restaurants and there's a few stores over there. They already have like this twenty foot Christmas tree 
fully decorated, already in the parking lot, lit up because it was in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> like, uh, like what, like, like what happened? Like, are we in a rush to be broke? Because that's all Christmas is about. I mean, I know, I know mm-hmm. Christmas is about celebrating Jesus and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why are people so eager to put up Christmas decorations? I know you want to get in the Hollywood, I almost said Hollywood spirit, the Hollywood well the, the holiday spirit but it's like well first of all there like tonight are... someone has a Christmas tree and, and fucking Christmas lights on their fucking patio people first of all the the commercial places want to get money as quickly as they can from people so they it's earlier and earlier eventually it's going to be in January someday Christmas come out in January but um you're, I get what you're saying because a, a friend of mine, um, sad as it is, her, her little doggy uh, was sick and, uh, and basically had one day left to live. He was dying and wasn't eating anymore. Anyway, on Facebook, she posted a picture of her little dog and she said she put her. She's going to take him to the vet the next day to put him, you know, to sleep. And um, he was sleeping under the Christmas tree. And this was three weeks ago. And I could not get past the fact that. It was a Christmas tree three weeks ago. See? I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, why is she? I didn't say anything because she was going through this horrible thing, right? But I was like, why is her Christmas tree up? It was like October, I don't know, like 20th or something. I don't know. It was, I was like, what? So, yeah, exactly. I get it. Like, I went to the dentist yesterday to get my braces redone. They had to redo the wire. Yeah. And my doctor was like, um, I think Samantha, because Samantha is like the office manager, but she does all the billing and stuff like that. She was like, I think Samantha's absolutely crazy. She already has a Christmas tree up in her house. Mm-mm. I was like, are you serious? I don't understand She was that. like, my, even my doctor was like, yes, I think that's too soon. It <laughs> is too soon. But yeah, my family, my family's rule has always been the day after Thanksgiving, we put our Christmas tree up. And that's how I still do it. As long as I'm in the mood. Some days, I've actually, in a couple years, the past like four or five years, depending on one or two years, the past four or five years, I have only, I've waited to like two days before Christmas because I didn't want to do it at all. <laughs> I just didn't, wasn't in the mood. It is tiresome trying to haul all that, oh, all that shit out. And it is. Yeah, decorate. And then that, if you want to decorate it good, it's not, it, it time consuming. It is. And I have two trees too one for the family room, one for the living room. And right. So and then it's like, it's got a lot of shit to put on there. Right, and then what? Then, then when the holidays, we gotta take that shit down and put it back up. That's the part I hate is taking it down. Like, like it's like it's like a job. It's like working a part time job at the, when you do all this stuff. It's like when, by the time you put all pull all this shit out, decorate it, you've easily burned three to four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way. And it it's is. probably sometimes even longer putting it back up. You gotta put the shit back up, put it in certain boxes, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I could have I could have worked a four hour job part time job, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. I mean, like like stores and merchants. I get that they do that because they want to do that that type of thing. Yeah. Here's another thing that kind of infuriates me with stores. Why is it that they're doing their Black Fridays on Thanksgiving? It's the same thing with Christmas. The sooner the better. For but them. it's like, but I always feel like. Give the people who work in retail a day off to be with their families. Don't give Open a the store at five a.m. like you always been doing. It's co- it's a fucking corporation. They don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck. Now there's some stores that have said they do give a fuck, like Nordstrom and some others. Like I don't remember. I can't remember the stores. Maybe I can't remember the stores. It's Nordstrom, Kohl's. Yeah. There's and I think there's a few more. There's several. Actually, yeah, they're saying they're closing on Thanksgiving and they're not yeah, going to make their employees work. Yeah, they're actually closed and they don't reopen until 5 a.m. Friday morning exactly. because they want their employees to spend time with which, their Which is, is considerate and that's how it should be. But Walmart? Oh, fuck you no. Bitches, My fuck mother works for them y'all. and has worked for them for like 20 years. 
And that's the worst place in the world. Just let me tell you, it's the worst place in the world. I don't care if you're a manager, you're you're a cashier, you're a fucking cart person, whatever. Mother, we already know why my doesn't give a fuck. Well, I'm just what I'm saying, but I'm telling you, it is they, they, when I say they don't give a fuck, I mean they really just don't give a fuck. Okay. I haven't worked at Walmart since I was in high school. I was a soft, I was a junior in high school when I worked there. I at never Walmart, worked there. And I walked there, and I worked there for maybe four months, and then I quit. <laughs> so I was, I was a cashier, and I was like, yeah, fuck this, because they kept was. I mean, uh, it was, it was a horrible place. Like honestly, out of all the little jobs I had in high school and college, Walmart was probably. And I know we're probably gonna fuck up our sponsorship if we, if we ever get one from Walmart. But me please, I wouldn't take a sponsorship if we were ever to get a fucking sponsorship <laughs> from Walmart. Walmart had to be probably one of the Walmart worst. Walmart is evil. What that I have ever worked. They're like, evil. Seriously. It's just an evil corporation, and they don't give a fuck about their employees. They never have, and then they never will. Well, that's not true. When I was a little kid, I was like, you know, I guess like five, six, seven when I'm that age. When Walmart came out, when it first started, and it began began to become prolific and become into the. We, we I was living in East Texas in the summers with my grandmother when it came out. Anyway. And it was a small store, whatever. Sam Walton was still alive then, and the stores were run completely different then. And then about, I guess it was about 12 years ago, the store, or maybe longer than that, the store sold to a corporation. Uh, he died, you know, and everything, and the, the kids sold right, out. They, right, because they said the store, they, you know, the, the employees enjoy working there more when he was alive because yes. he would actually, like, visit these stores. Yeah, and, visit and, he, actually and cared, he actually cared about customers and about their, you know, what they thought and da 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 and now they, in quality, and now they don't give a fuck. So anyway, but yeah, that's that's true. But I agree, Christmas. Who were they sold to? I didn't know they were sold. It's just some, I don't know, some fucking major corporation. Corporation. Because I know, because I, I know the daughters, like the daughters of. Sam they Walter, still own fifty. They, they still own fifty-one percent. They are some greedy. No, forty-nine bitches. They own forty-nine percent um, among all the kids together. Uh, but they don't own controlling interest anymore. But they still own a ton of money. They get money from the stock and everything. They so. said in one month. They said um, I was reading an article and they said that one of the daughters in one month made seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Just on endorsements. Yeah. yeah just yeah. endorsements mm-hmm. in one month. And yet they won't pay. They, they won't pay to have a decent um, health care plan for their employees. They yeah. they and try were, every every turn they can. They try to make their employees uh, quit if they earn too much money. If they've been there too long, uh, they try to use part timers to fill in instead of get you know they just do everything they can. They're just a horrible people. But anyway, that's all. So that's the, I, I, I hate shopping at Walmart. Like when I, if it's I have to go place. like if there's something I have to get at Walmart and I have no other choice, yeah. I'm like yeah, God, I'm like God damn it, I gotta go. I hate this the place, too. place And it sucks, and the customer service sucks. <laughs> it's just a horrible place. <laughs> anyway, so we're out of time. Um, we'll be back next week on November the 16th with a new show, Gay XYZ Show. Be sure, as I said, to check us out at GayXYZ.com and on iHeartRadio and also on Spreaker.com. And um, you can follow me on um, Twitter and Instagram and also on um, on what was the other one? <laughs> iTunes or whatever. Right. Uh, Offlimitsshow.com. Li- off also, donovanlord.net. And also on Twitter and Facebook is donovanlord. So be sure to look me up there. And Jason, you can find him at. You can follow me on Instagram. It's fire and ice17. It's fire and ice17. I got to figure out what I'm going to do for Thanksgiving. Well, let me know. 
<laughs> okay. I will. I will talk to you guys later, or I will talk to you later, and I'll tell hear from you guys later. And we will uh, see you next week. And everybody, stay gay. Stay gay, motherfuckers. Good night. The Jeep Celebration event is here, which means great deals on the SUVs built to stand the test of time are waiting. Hurry in before time runs out. Right now, during 10 days to deal, financing at $5,250 total cash allowance on the purchase of a 2019 Jeep Renegade Latitude. Hurry to the Jeep Celebration event today. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery from dealer stock by 318-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. The internet has changed. So should the way you bank. PNC Virtual Wallet for Digital Banking. It's time for a change. Now through March 31st, earn up to $300 when you open and use a select new virtual wallet product. Simply establish a qualifying direct deposit. To learn more, visit a branch or pnc.com slash checking offer. PNC Bank. Make today the day. Virtual Wallet is a registered trademark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association member FDIC.